ESPN 1000. Tyler Rocky sitting in for the guys today. They filled in for Greeny from 10 to noon. If you missed any of that, be sure to check out the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch us on Twitch today and every single day. Brought to you by Connie's Frozen Pizza. Shout out to the great Twitchers out there that we've been talking with all show long. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us on a Friday night here on ESPN 1000. 312-332-3776. This is an all-calls welcome Friday. It's presented by the Chicago Hounds, Chicago's new professional rugby team. Vidal is in Antioch. Let's start with him. Vidal, what's going on? What's up, Tyler? like listening to you, man. You do good work. Appreciate it, Vidal. Um, so I listened to your no divisions idea. I kind of thought in my mind, like, eh, I don't know. But then I came up with like kind of a hybrid thing to kind of keep some tradition. Mm-hmm. So we still, like in the Bears case, we still play the Packers, the Vikings, and the Lions. We do it once. And then 14 mm-hmm. other um, teams in the NFL, random, whatever. But at the end of the season, it is, yeah, just the top seven. Because I remember seeing, and I think I have these numbers right, I remember seeing a seven and nine Seahawks team back in the day. Yep win the division i remember seeing uh a patriots team go 11 and 5 and not even make the playoffs and those two things can't happen so i really like your idea but maybe keep some tradition with yeah yeah, you still got to face the vikings the packers and um you know lion in our case the lions you know no i I like that vidal and i appreciate the phone call there you know it kind of reminds me of college sports right um i'll i'll use the parallel that i'm familiar with um, with with Syracuse basketball, and that is they are a legacy Big East program that moved to the ACC. And when they move conferences every single year within your conference, you play a select group of teams twice because they are your legacy, quote-unquote, rivals. So they'll play Boston College and Pitt every single year, no matter what, uh, twice. And the other teams, they kind of rotate through as, as being a team that they play twice each season. And I think that could be something that does that I would like to see applied because I don't want geography to be the reason why a team is held out of the playoffs. I think that's stupid. I, I want the seven best teams in the playoffs. When you look at the standings this year for for the NFC and the AFC, like it sucks that the Lions can't play in the playoffs just because of the fact that they are in a northern city versus in the state of Florida. It sucks that the Commanders can't play in the playoffs this year because they're on the East Coast as opposed to in the South. It's stupid. Give me the seven best teams in the playoffs every single year because that's that's what you play for. You play to be one of these seven best teams in your conference, and you play to go out and try to win a Super Bowl. Um, and the Lions are, and the, the Commanders are being deprived of that right now just because of their where they're located on a map. So three one two three three two three seven seven six. if you've got a thought on that as well. Marco's in North Riverside. What's going on, Marco? Tyler, I was listening to the show, and there was that guy from Des Plaines, Michael 
Mitchell. Yeah, Mitchell. No, it doesn't matter what his name is. That guy has no idea what he's talking about. When he wants to compare Justin Fields to somebody that struggled in the beginning of their season or the beginning of their career, their first few seasons, guess what? We just lived through it. It was rock bottom for the Cubs and it was, or for the Bears, and it wasn't even that pathetic. You want to draft somebody that's got a 175 rating his last year in college? You want to draft somebody that's flirting with a 70% percentage uh, passing completion rate? Guess what? That's just Fields. Oh, but what? Did, did the Bills go out and spend money on a top-flight receiver? You're damn right they did. And now the Bears have millions and millions of cap space dollars to go out there and do the same. So Mitch, Mitchell, whatever his name is, you watch, you see, when the Bears go from worst to first, when the Bears go 16-0-1 and they're facing off Ooh, against high. the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, he's going to eat his words. Marco, who, who are the Bears tying to? Kansas City, when they play the Monerohead. I'm a Chiefs fan. When you see the Chiefs fan, check them in. <laughs> Love it. All right, Marco, appreciate the passion. Thanks for calling. Have a good night, Marco. That's Marco in North Riverside. 312-332-3776. All right, I promised this a little bit earlier. Um, how often do we see teams go from the first pick in the draft to making the playoffs? All right. So I, I did a little research. I think I, I after my my spreadsheet debacle from last week, I am officially the station nerd um, because I have an infatuation with Excel spreadsheets. Actually, I don't even use Excel. I use Google Sheets um, because Google Drive is superior to uh, to Excel um, because of the collaborative nature of it. Well, I know Excel, you can collaborate now with like the web-based Excel, but Google Sheets did it first, so I am I will forever be loyal to them. Um, anyway, that's beside the point here. How many teams have gone from the first pick, which is the situation the Bears find themselves in right now, to the playoffs the next season? So I did the research here. Over the last 30 years, we have seen it done four times, one of which was last year. The Jaguars went from the first pick when they scooped up Trayvon Walker and are now in the playoffs this season in what should be a very entertaining matchup against the Chargers. The last time it happened before this past season was 2013. The Chiefs picked Eric Fisher and then ended up going to the playoffs as a wild card team after an 11 and five finish in 2014. Eric Fisher, the tackle, you remember him. Um, year before that, it happened again. And it was Andrew Luck getting drafted by the Colts in 2012 and then taking his team to the playoffs in 2013. And then the prior time before that, 2009, the Dolphins drafted Jake Long, the tackle, in 2008 and then made the playoffs in 2009. Now, what you'll notice there is that three of the four picks have been offensive players. Only one quarterback, which is a little interesting there. But three of the four picks have been offensive players. Now, I did say earlier, I think that the Jaguars would be a smart team to sort of model yourself after with how things are being built down there. Trent Baalke, I thought, has done a nice job constructing that team, just getting a little bit better on the fringes and now setting yourself up to go make a big move. I think that's something the Bears can accomplish get a little bit better on the edges with some stuff this year, and then set yourself up to make a big move next offseason. This is not going to be done overnight. Everyone wants to talk about, oh, the Bears need to take the the 
model of the, the Eagles. The Bears need to take the model of the, the Dolphins. What those two teams did was they built up their, their lines. They got better in a lot of other areas, defense included as well, and then got the rookie receiver and then made the big splash in a trade for a number one receiver while also drafting rookie receivers that would be number ones on a lot of other teams. I think that this is a process, and I don't know if Bears fans are ready for that reality. Thinking that this team is just going to flip from a playoff team after being 3-14 and 14 this year, albeit with some optimism at the quarterback position, that switch it still takes some time. It's a two-, three-year process. And I feel like the Bears are only half a year in right now because we saw half a, of a good season from Justin Fields. They're half, half a year in. This may be a process that is not realized until 2024. And that may be frustrating for Bears fans, but I think if you go out there and have a similar situation to what we saw with the Jaguars, what we saw with the Lions this year, make incremental improvements. Because guess what? The Vikings, like it or not, uh, you heard Mitchell was outraged with my Vikings take earlier. The Vikings are taking a step back. You do not go 11-0 in one-score games in consecutive seasons. You don't play in 11 one-score games in consecutive seasons for the most part, let alone sweeping the board on them. But, I mean, and just look at the Bears, too. 2018, fantastic season, 12-4, and right? And then the next season, what did you see? Drop-off. It happens. The Vikings don't have the tools in their arsenal right now to retool for next season. They don't have the draft pick capital. They don't have as much flexibility with their payroll as well because of what they've allocated to the quarterback. How many times do you hear you need to win on a quarterback's rookie deal, right? It's because it gives you the most flexibility to go out and do stuff and fill out the rest of the edges on your team. Go out and improve your secondary, your linebacking core, your offensive line, your your wide receiver room, your tight end room. That's what cap space flexibility grants you. And that's something that the Bears have this offseason. $120 million worth. And they're going to have to spend a, a lot of money this offseason. Now, some of that's going to be with um, extending some of your own. And that's certainly something that I'm open to with the Bears this offseason. But a lot of that is going to have to be towards flipping over the roster. I believe the Bears only have 39 players under contract for next year. And you very well could see some some switches as well with some cuts that are made. Maybe some contracts get restructured and maybe they approach players about their contracts getting restructured. They say no and then boom, you, you pull the plug on them. So I think this things got some legs here but it's not going to happen overnight this is not going to all of a sudden become a 12 13 win team next season i think this is a team that next season the the goal should be to win nine games goal should be to win nine games i think you can do that with some improvements on the defensive side of the ball you draft well maybe you even accumulate some picks for some extra picks this year this team's got nine draft picks coming up Think about that. As a Bears fan, how many times have we just had to, uh, am I really interested in the first day of the draft? I, it's really, you're just watching the board to see who might be available in, the, in day two and day three. As Bears fans, we've done a lot of sitting out on NFL draft watching. And I, that's why I'm, I'm pretty excited for this year's draft because there's so much ammunition in that tank right now. 
Ryan Poles has to get it right, though. And if he can't get this thing right, it's going to be it's going to set this franchise back five, seven years. And I look at the amount of resources that the Bears have. I think it's pretty tough for this to go disastrously. Like you don't have over a hundred million in cap space and nine draft picks, and this not get at least a little bit better. Now, if you are a really good general manager, you can take this thing to the moon pretty quickly, given the assets that you have, given the fact that your quarterback of the future is on the roster, given the fact that you've got a a boatload of picks, including the number one overall pick, as well as the ability to go out and sign players and win pretty much any bidding war you want in free agency. When you've got that ability, you, you should be able to make some things happen and accelerate pretty quickly. Again, I think the goal next year should be nine. But if Ryan Poles is a top seven, eight GM in the league, then th- this team very well could win 11 games next year. But again, Ryan Poles has to be really damn good at his job for that to go right. 312-332-3776 on this All Calls Welcome Friday. Bleck and Abdallah, Tyler Rocky in for the guys here. Let's check in with Joey B. He's in LaGrange. What's going on, Joey B.? You there, Joey? All right, let's put Joey on hold. Dave's in Gold Coast. What's going on, Dave? Not much. Uh, first of all, I want to just tell you like how much I love listening to your station. Somebody moved here from Indianapolis to start over with no friends. You guys definitely made the transition a little bit easier to cope with. So I just want to play compliments to you and your station. Well, thank you very off. much, and, Dave. Appreciate it. Yeah. And then, you know, number two, you know, I'm a big Colts fan, season ticket holder. You awesome. Know, well, thank just, you. Thank you for, for uh, Sunday. You're welcome. But here's the thing, and I, and I listen to a lot of these Bears fans that are just have these unex, unrealistic expectations of Justin Fields taking into consideration or the lack thereof in terms of that, in terms of, you know, two different coaching systems his first two years, um, and him still having a solid year this year. And and I do think the Bears are set. And I think guys like Mitchell and Big C just talk out of their backside and really just talk just to be just to talk and be heard. They're utter clowns. But let me just say this as a Colts fan, I'm just interested in Bears perspective, okay? Mm-hmm. If your GM called our GM and we said and they and we and the Colts said, or whatever, said, we'll give you the fourth pick in exchange for the number one pick. We'll also give you Michael Pittman, and we'll also give you Pierce, which are our two starting receivers. Alex Pierce, okay. That are, that are still on their rookie contracts, mm-hmm. right? Right. So here's why, because here's why, you know, Colts fans are in the, real, in the reality that we need to start over, right? Mm-hmm. It just is what it is, okay? And so I think if you do that, you absorb two rookie contracts with Pittman and Pierce. Right, and you don't have to overspend on receivers to improve that position for Justin Fields. And then you still get a top five pick and you could draft an old lineman to, to give Fields some protection. And then you can use your other picks and maybe building that defense and spending that money wisely. So then if you know Pearson Pittman don't work out for you guys, it's really not a hard hit. You didn't invest a lot of money and you get rid of those contracts. And you still would protect yourself and give yourself a lot of salary cap moving forward. And then I would say this. I'm with you. I think if the Bears can go 8-8, eight and 8-9, eight, eight and nine, that is a tremendous improvement. But people need to think about this is for 2024 moving forward. But, you know, I, I don't think there should be any expectation for the Bears to make the playoffs or quote, a Super Bowl run, right? But mm-hmm. I think if the Bears can go from three wins to eight wins, it was an excellent draft, an excellent offseason, and, you know, the Bears fans should be looking for 2024. And as a Colts fan, I, I, you know, I, I'm just giving you that perspective because I know my squad is years away. Years. 
right? Yeah. And the Bears aren't. So yeah. I'll just give you that, and you have a good night. Appreciate the call, Dave, and thanks and call again. I really appreciated that perspective that he laid out there. Listen, if I was sort of power ranking the teams that I would most want the Bears to trade up with or trade back for, I would probably have the – I'd have to dive into it a little bit more, but the Colts are my number one just off of the surface of what I'm thinking through real quickly off the top of my head. That's my number one team that I would like to see the Bears make a trade with because of the fact that – and maybe I, I don't think the, the Colts would flip two receivers there. I think Pittman certainly could be in the conversation. Um, I don't think they'd move on from a rookie like Alec Pierce who had a nice end to the season with, the, with uh, Indy. But I think that you look at some of the other pieces and the Bears, again, they're in the market to take on – money and if the Colts wanted to offload a little bit of money I you see DeForest Buckner's name thrown out there you see Quentin Nelson and the other reason why I I would put the Colts as a team that I would want to trade with is because it's Matt Eberflus's old team you're bringing them into a culture that they're already familiar with you're not bringing in bad apples that you're risking something on you're bringing in guys that Matt Eberflus has vetted and Alan Williams has vetted and I would look at a guy like DeForest Buckner a guy who has money on his contract that the Bears can absorb. Um, I know Quentin Nelson's name's been thrown out there as well. Is that a guy that the Bears would be interested in? in? I, I think certainly. This is a team that has a lot of holes on their roster. So really, you throw a trade chip out there, you throw a piece out there, you throw a, a draft name out there, there's a chance the Bears have a need for a guy like that wherever you go on their roster. And let's be honest, too, real quick. like They're so desperate for a quarterback since Andrew Luck. Oh, yeah. Like they, they, they are so desperate. The Colts seem like they're in a mood right now where it's like, all right, we've been trying to patch things up. Like, uh, Jake, you're recently removed from college like myself, right? Like, you see a little problem in your apartment or whatever, and it's the old duct tape solution, right? Like, I'm just going to use duct tape and see how far it takes me. Whereas now the Colts, they've been using duct tape to try to fix all their problems, duct tape and super glue to fix all their problems for the last couple of years at the quarterback position. Now it seems like, all right, we're ready to go out and actually spend and make sure we don't have to, we can get rid of the duct tape and super glue solutions here. So Black and Abdallah, we'll be right back here on ESPN 1000. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah are back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. On FM 100.3 HD2. The ESPN Chicago app and ESPN 1000. It's an all-calls welcome Friday here on Black and Abdallah, presented by the Chicago Hounds. Chicago's new professional rugby team, Tyler Rocky, in for the guys tonight. Roberts and Kankakee. Roberts, what's going on? Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? I'm good. What you got tonight, Robert? Hey, I just wanted to call to rebut the fact that everybody keeps spitting the same thing over and over, talking about how you got to win with a rookie quarterback on uh, on his deal. When, if you look at like the past 15 Super Bowls or so, mm-hmm. there was one quarterback that was on his rookie deal. Was and that was Russell yeah. Wilson. Well, oh, Mahomes, too, yeah. So, so, two. I mean, yeah, and Mahomes got traded up for it. The team was already good. They traded up to the 10th pick to get Mahomes. They, right. It wasn't like they were sitting there 
building around Mahomes after they picked him. Russell Wilson was a little bit different because he was picked in the third or fourth round where they they kind of built around him a little bit and won on his rookie deal. But if you look look back at Tom Brady, uh, look at Philadelphia when they won, you, you know, look at the New England Patriots, all of these guys, um, Peyton Manning, all of these guys are off of their rookie deals. Like, I don't understand why everybody keeps saying the same thing over and over. Like, you got to win with a rookie quarterback on, on his rookie deal when most teams don't do it. Well, okay, so here's where I would uh, uh, rebuttal you here, Robert, on that is a couple things, all right? it's And maybe we misspeak a little bit when we say this, but what we mean by win on a rookie contract with a quarterback is that's the hack, right? Like, if you can win on a rookie deal for your quarterback – because then you can spend that money everywhere else. Because in an ideal situation for teams, when your quarterback develops, that's the time when you have to pay them, and they're not going to take up as much of the cap space there. Now, think about some of the other names that you brought up, like Tom Brady. What was the big thing with Tom Brady? Well, it was the fact that you didn't have to pay as much for Tom Brady because he used to take team-friendly deals so that the team could spend elsewhere to help the team out. So even though he wasn't on a rookie contract, he was certainly on a discounted contract from what he his true value in the NFL was. And then another name, too, that you, you bring up, like the Eagles won the Super Bowl in 2017, and mm-hmm. Carson Wentz was on his rookie deal. Now, he wasn't the quarterback that won it, but he was a big reason why they got to the playoffs and had that success, and they weren't allocating a ton of money into the quarterback room when they won the Super Bowl in 2017. So if you look about it, if you look at it, a lot of teams are winning Super Bowls because their quarterbacks aren't on these mega salaries. They know how to game the system that way, if that makes sense. Yeah, and and I would agree with that more than saying a rookie deal because of the fact that, like right. I said, if you go back and you look at the Peyton Mannings, the uh, the Eli Manning, the the Ben Roethlisberger, the Drew Brees, like all of these guys were paid big bucks. Like they right. they weren't on like those deals either. They they were and. and um, even though Carson Wentz was on on a rookie contract, they still had uh, two quarterbacks making like top premium for backup quarterbacks. They had two premium backup quarterbacks. Yeah, the and, one. And you pre- know what I mean? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying there, Robert, and, and appreciate the phone call there. It's just the the premise of if you're able to do it with a quarterback on their rookie deal it makes the game so much easier and it makes the team building process, the roster construction so much easier if you can do it during that time. All right, let's try Joey B. He's in LaGrange again. 312-332-3776. If you want to hop in on this all calls, welcome Friday here on Black and Abdallah. Joey B, what's going on? We got you this time. Yes, sir. What's going on, fellas? How you guys doing today? Good. How you doing, Joey? What you got? Good, my man. So it just kind of blows my mind as a Bears fan that people even want to suggest about trading Justin Fields. Like, we finally got a D.C. quarterback with some potential, and I understand it looks bad at times and stuff like that, but I had a different perspective. I went to a Bears-Lions game, and being uh, almost ground level, seeing that sometimes from the TV you can't see that the wide receivers, they were no one open. And he's over here scrambling, fighting for his life, and a lot of other quarterbacks, that's when you see them throwing interceptions and making mistakes. Justin Fields was making the right decisions. He wasn't putting up in jeopardy. He was making the best of his situation. We got a quarterback that's got a couple years in the league now. He's getting comfortable with coaches. Why would you want to start again all over? We're in a great position with with our pick. We can trade back in a few picks, but I understand you can get a boatload back for him. 
But at the same time, you're going to have to restart that clock, restart a new quarterback. Sometimes things don't work out. I don't know how real Bears fans will want to trade a quarterback that we see potential on, which obviously who knows that it could play out or not. But we got someone in the building. If we were to trade him and he would become something somewhere else, and then one of these guys doesn't work out for us, that was our only opportunity at a great quarterback. It blows my mind. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call, Joey B. And I look at what he's saying there. Like, do I want to move Justin Fields? No. But I could see a world where Ryan Pace would consider it, or Ryan Poles would consider it. I mean, at the end of the day, that's the opinion that matters most on this. It is the fact that Ryan Poles could see himself saying, I want to get my guy in our building at the quarterback position because not just that, but you're buying yourself a little bit of time there if you're Ryan Poles because that's the quarterback he would want to build around. It seems like for all intents and purposes, Justin's the guy that he wants to build around, and I think that's a good thing for this organization for the long term. Kyle's in Gurney. What's going on, Kyle? Hey, Tyler. What's going on, man? So my question is, if say the talks about the Colts trading up to take our pick, if we fall to four, depending on who else they give us with that fourth pick, are you all right if the Cardinals, assuming they take Will Anderson third, we take Jalen Carter fourth? Is it? I guess my question is, would you rather have Will Anderson over Carter, or do you not really care? You just kind of take who's best available at the time? Yeah, it's a good question, Kyle. For me, I I don't have a preference. Because I think this team on the defensive line has way too many needs. I think if I if I had to give a pick, I would probably rather have Will Anderson just because of the fact that I think the edge rusher is such an impactful position and we've seen how important some edge rushers have been throughout football in general um, and how impactful they are on the game. You see guys with like mid-teens, high-teens uh, sacks and how impactful those guys are on the game. Um, so I would lean Will Anderson, and just because free agency for that three-technique interior defensive lineman seems like it's a little more robust this year than it does on the edge rusher front. But this team's got too many needs on the defensive line. And I look at the Bears' biggest offseason need is improving the, the defensive line because I think if you fix that defensive line, you can turn that defense around a little bit quicker than people expect. Yeah, I agree, man. I think so, too. I mean, if you look at all like the really good teams that are in the playoffs, they either have a, I mean, I guess the Chiefs have Chris Jones and a dominant three technique, but what most of these teams have is a dominant edge rusher, whether that be Micah Parsons, which mm-hmm. I think that's why I would prefer, you know, Will Anderson to kind of build a defense around him and use him in a couple different spots like the Cowboys do. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Kyle. I would lean Will Anderson, but if the Bears end up with Jalen Carter because they move to four and, and there's a quarterback or there's a, and, um, Anderson goes three. I wouldn't be upset at all. Appreciate the call. Yep, thanks, man. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to get in here on an all calls welcome Friday, you know it is NFL playoff eve, and I've got the five things that I'm looking forward to most for this upcoming NFL playoffs. We'll do that when we come back here on Black and Abdallah here on ESPN One Thousand. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Chicago's home for sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. All 
Friday night. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on ESPN 1000. Tyler Rocky in for the guys today. All Calls Welcome presented by the Chicago Hounds, Chicago's new professional rugby team. Adam's in Hyde Park. What's going on, Adam? Hey, how's it going? What you got tonight? So, okay, we know that a a first-round quarterback can change an organization, you know, for decades. Mm -hmm. Right. But if we come to the conclusion that we're not getting quarterback, we know that's done. We're not. We're sticking with Justin. Mm -hmm. And we trade back from one to four to Indy for more picks. Is there a player or a position that's valuable enough to not then try and trade back again from four to 14 and get a couple more picks? Is there any other player or a position that's more valuable than a couple more picks? Well, here's the thing, Adam. I look at it as there's so many glaring holes on this roster that you really can't go wrong position-wise. There's really only one position that I'm not drafting in the first round of of guys that would be first-rounders, and that's quarterback right now. I probably wouldn't draft a cornerback uh, on the defensive side, corner with a C. Um, or, or a safety even. Um, I, yeah, I probably would leave the defensive backfield alone, but like you could talk me into drafting another cornerback. I think with the, with the way that offense is played now in the NFL, you need to guard three guys at all times. Right. Um, and you kind of need that lockdown corner like you need a yeah. number one wide out. Yeah. Um, I would say that the Bears have actually done a pretty good job of drafting defensive backs, both poles and, and pays so far. Um, that like the guys that you've got the the four guys that you you think of right now with uh Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon. I think that's a good foundational group to build around. Um but in terms of what your original question was, I just think there's so many needs right now where okay, let's say you do trade back again for a team that wants to move up to 4. I just don't know if there's going to be a guy available at 4 that people will trade up for. Like people talk right. about Will Levis, but you could see a team maybe trade up to three to try to snag Will Levis, right? It's kind of the same question because we're asking ourselves, is there a player good enough where we wouldn't be willing to give up the fourth pick? But you're right. The mm-hmm. flip side is, is there a player good enough where anybody's going to move up to the fourth pick for him? And the other yeah. thing I would say, too, is think about who's drafting third right now. It's the Arizona Cardinals. They've committed right. all that money to Kyler Murray right now. I'm sure right. if you no go to like – yeah. Phoenix Sports Talk Radio, they're having this same conversation right now of, all right, yeah. can we trade back? Is there enough interest in Will Levis to trade back? And, I mean, for some people, Will Levis is the guy that they think will be number one. I think Mel Kuyper, his mock draft, his big board, has Will Levis as the number one overall prospect. And all it takes is one team to be interested in him. I'd imagine there's a team that's interested enough that would want to move up to three or four to maybe get him. Um, yeah. but I look at, uh, the overall, uh, issues that the bears have. There's so many guys that, and positions that you need, whether it's offensive line, wide receiver, uh, defensive line, linebacker. There's so many needs right now where I wouldn't mind trading back and trying to get more ammunition to go out and give yourself more opportunities, not just this year, but next year as well to draft impact players for the long haul that are going to be on cheap deals, rookie contracts. Yeah, that's what Philly did. And that's yes. the hard part of the draft because as soon as one team makes the decision, all the methodology changes on draft day. Right. You know, as soon as somebody does jump up or Arizona does or doesn't make a deal, all of your planning to a degree goes out the window because everything's right. different. 
Yeah. But yeah, good answer. I appreciate it, man. Yep. Thanks for the call, Adam. Appreciate it. You have a good night. Uh, Mario's on the south side. What's going on, Mario? Hey, what's going on? How's it going? I'm good. What you got for us tonight? Yeah, I just wanted to um, speak on Justin Fields for a minute. Um, Justin Fields, first of all, his he has an exceptional arm. Um, he has exceptional accuracy when given time to actually throw the ball. Um, you know, coming out of Ohio State, he was a throwing quarterback. He wasn't a running quarterback. Mm-hmm. He just he was just blessed to have legs. I mean, the guy runs like a four four. So um, he's not running like a running back where he's just running um, quick five yards. Once right. he um, expo- exposed through the hole, he's gone. You know, yeah. if you want to compare him to a, um, so we compared him to um, like a running back like Montgomery or whatever. Mm-hmm. Montgomery is a traditional running back. He's not going to bust it up and um, explode for 60 yards. He's going to pound you, pound you, pound you. Whereas Justin Fields is more of a receiver um, with receiver speed where he's able to see um, certain holes and you just can't catch him. Yeah. Um, so what the caller that called in and said Justin Fields can't throw screen passes and stuff like that, I understand that the speed of the game, when you're coming from, a, um, from college, it changes. But um, Justin Fields is one hell of a quarterback, a throwing quarterback. And, you know, um, this, this um, notion that he's a running quarterback, it, I think it comes from the national media that really don't watch Bears games or that really don't watch Justin Fields. Um, it's, he, he's kind of getting a bad rap because he has exceptional talent um, running. You know, but this is that's a new skill that he's just displayed this year. Yeah, and yeah. I appreciate Go ahead, No, that's, that's, what, that's what I had to say about Justin Fields. Yeah, appreciate the phone call there, Mario. I think uh, the thing that always impresses me most with Justin Fields isn't necessarily his speed, it's his strength and his ability to break tackles in the open field that way. Like, the speed... We, we Even though he wasn't a running quarterback at Ohio State, when you go to the combine or or have a pro day and you run a 4-4, like, that's a number that you see and you see here 4-4 and you're like, all right, yeah, that guy's a blazer. Um, but it's the strength and the, the get-off-me runs that he has that I think are most impressive with Justin Fields. James is in Munster. What's going on, James? Hey, what's going on, guys? We uh, we're, we're we're near the we're near the end of the night, and I feel like we've got to loosen it up a little bit. All right, I, loosen I us the, up here, James. Talk. What do you got? Uh, so in uh, during the Waddle and Sylvie show, uh, Waddle mentioned he he may have had a, a minor back injury mm-hmm. um, do, doing business. Yes, on the and crapper. A chiropractor mm-hmm. called in and and said, uh, I, "I feel your pain." I don't know if that was the slogan for his chiropractic uh, business, but mm-hmm. it should be. Because that's his job. I feel your pain. Does anyone find humor in that? I, I, I do. I like that. James, maybe you should look into starting up a, a chiropractor practice out in the, well, the NWI. I have, I have family uh, uh, long, long away from the NWI, and, and I've, I've suggested it to him for use that for his slogan. Now, as, as both of you are uh, substantially younger, you're not, you're not millennials, what but you're going to you're going to uh this dad joke okay what what is what is blue 
but not so heavy. What is blue but not so heavy? I don't know. Jake or, or Nick, do you have an answer for our guy, James? Water. Water's pretty heavy. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Water's heavy. All right. What, what, light, what? light blue. All right. He's got fans in the back, yeah, too. I said there it was a go. dead is joke, that, and that, I knew I was going to get grunts. You've got, <laughs> you've got, you've got, so, yeah, you've got the, the peanut gallery laughing at you in the back there. That's, Dad that's joke my little approved, boy. Though. He loves Dad that joke, joke approved. Adam Abdallah, take notes, all right? Yes, you Adam can use Abdallah, that one on totally. Layla. Adam right. Abdallah without the H. <laughs> yep. Appreciate Take it, James. Care, you have a good one. No, no. That's James in Munster. Oh, that's the wrong one there. Oh, that's the one we're looking for. Good dad joke. Good dad joke. Solid. I will say good. Solid dad joke. Solid dad joke. I always liked in like high school having the dad joke page up. What, did, you, did you use it frequently? Use it frequently, yeah. What's your best dad joke? You got one? You got one off, off the memory that you loved? See, I got to pull up the website. <laughs> so what did the, what did you the are beholden to the website. All right, that's okay. What did the chiropractor say to his patient? You crack me up. I got your back. Ah, there you go. All right, it's Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. I haven't gotten to my uh, five things that I'm looking forward to most in these NFL playoffs. We'll do that when we come back here on Black and Abdallah. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Big thank you to Jake Cantu and Nick Mokzala for producing tonight's show. Tyler Rocky in for Black and Abdallah, closing things out here on an All Calls Welcome Friday presented by the Chicago Hounds, Chicago's new professional rugby team. Thanks to everyone who called in and tweeted the show as well tonight. It's time for your fan duel game of the night, and that is where we go to playoff Sunday as the Chargers are currently a two-point favorite over the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think this is going to be the most intriguing game of playoff weekend, and I like the Chargers to win this game. I also like Austin Eckler to score an anytime touchdown, and I'm going to go under 47 and a half as well. I think two teams, first year, uh, first time playoff quarterbacks, there might be a little bit of a feeling out process early on and, and a little slow start to this game. So I'm going to go with the under 47 and a half on that one. And that is your fan duel game of the night. If you want to parlay all those together, put a little same game parlay there then that'll pay out uh, four plus 450 on that. So if you want to venture into that, do that right now. And be sure to sign up for FanDuel because you can get up to $100 in free bets, win or lose, when you sign up with promo code TYLER. That's promo code TYLER, my first name, T-Y-L-E-R, for that offer from FanDuel. All you have to do is place a total of $20 or more on NFL Same Game Parlays or Same Game Parlays Plus 
during the wild card round. The more you bet, the more you'll get back in free bets. Must be 21 and older, present in Illinois. It, bonus issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max free bet $100. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, it's NFL playoff eve. So you know what? Let's get into the five things I'm looking forward to most. Some of the five burning questions I have during these NFL playoffs. All right, number five. Who are the Vikings? Who are the Minnesota Vikings? They're opening things up against the New York Giants. Three-point favorite right now. 13-4 and record. They were impeccable in one-score games this season. Flawless, even. Their point differential is currently negative. That's because you play in a lot of close games, and when you lose, you get blown out like the Vikings did this season. But who are the Vikings? Are they a team where is Kirk Cousins going to shake some narratives this postseason? Or are we going to come back geared up in 2023 with the same Kirk Cousins jokes that we had in 2022, 2021, 2020, 2019, and so on and so forth? Who are the Vikings? I think they're frauds. My whole stance on what the Vikings have been this season is... There's been a lot of Viking hate, and I'm not as far out on them as maybe the general public is. I don't think they're as bad as people say, but they're not as good as their record indicates. I'm kind of falling right there in the middle on the Vikings. I do think they win against the Giants this weekend, though. Number four. These are my five things that I'm looking forward to most this playoffs. Five burning questions. How far can Kyle Shanahan take this? You know, Kyle Shanahan, the front runner for coach of the year right now in the NFL. And I look at what he's done. It's nothing short of spectacular because Kyle Shanahan riding this thing out with a third string quarterback in Brock Purdy. And I think maybe the most notable thing during this entire Brock Purdy run that we've seen was his first game that he was put into. The first game that Brock Purdy played in, he had over 30 attempts in that game. And I thought to myself, like, really? They have that much trust in Brock Purdy to bring him in, cold off the bench, probably hasn't taken a practice rep since training camp, and he goes out there in a win against the Miami Dolphins, a team that's also in the playoffs, and delivers 37 pass attempts, 210 yards, and two touchdowns. Kyle Shanahan can win with anyone. But how far can he take like can he take this to the Super Bowl? And how about this storyline that could come into play too? You know, there's an outside chance Jimmy Garoppolo can be back. I believe he went with his timetable, he was eligible to return right around the conference finals. So could we see Jimmy Garoppolo, and is that a decision that's going to be made? Or is Kyle Shanahan just going to roll with the hot hand and Brock Purdy, who has not lost a game since becoming a starting quarterback in the NFL? How far can Kyle Shanahan take this? He can't keep getting away with this, but maybe he can. Number three, will we get the neutral site game? As first reported on ESPN 1000 by our intrepid insider, Ivan Yurkovich. 
Will we get the neutral site game at Atlanta? He broke the news, Yurko, that Atlanta, Mercedes-Benz Superdome, will host the neutral site game if we get there. It'll only happen if we get Buffalo and Kansas City in the AFC Championship. But remember all the mental gymnastics we went through trying to sort out what the AFC playoff picture would look like? Oh, a coin flip maybe here, there. A neutral site game. Who would participate if it were a neutral site game this season? And just all that mental stress, I think that it all got built up that way just so we wouldn't have it. Wouldn't that be funny? Like, I'm almost rooting for that now. That we get to this point where we've built up in our minds this neutral site game. And I'm almost rooting that we don't get it. I think it would be funny that we we had all this time spent out thinking about it and we don't get it. My number two, all right, we've heard, we've heard it today even on this show from six to eight. um, You can't win a Super Bowl with a running quarterback, but could this be the year of the running quarterback? You know, Jalen Hurts, certainly a team leading a team in the Eagles that could win a Super Bowl this year. Josh Allen leading a team in the Bills that could win a Super Bowl this year. I get it. Those guys have both improved drastically as pocket passers, but it would show that there's multiple ways to win in the NFL, and you can win with a running quarterback. Is this the year that we see a true running quarterback win a Super Bowl? And my number one thing that I'm looking forward to most is playoffs. Which quarterback, 27 and under, will deliver the the most big moments? You've got a great group to look at here. You've got Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert. All 27 years of age and younger participating in this year's playoffs. Which QB, young QB, will deliver the most big moments? Last year we thought, hmm, which young QB will deliver the most big moments? We thought, oh, it'll be Mahomes, it'll be Josh Allen. One of those two. Not so fast. It ended up being Joe Burrow. He was the one that stepped up throughout those playoffs and helped his team get to the Super Bowl and was a drive away from bringing home an improbable Super Bowl for the Cincinnati Bengals. Would have been one of the biggest long shots in American sports history if they brought that Super Bowl title home. Which one's going to deliver the most big moments in this year's playoffs? I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts. I think he'll be the one... We've seen the Eagles are just a different team with him than without him. And even though he's got a a great supporting cast around him, I think we're going to see Jalen Hurts deliver the most big moments of any of the young quarterbacks in this year's NFL playoffs. So those are my five things I'm looking forward to most in the NFL playoffs this year. Thanks so much for listening, calling, and participating, tweeting in tonight's show. I will be back tomorrow morning with Peggy Kaczynski, 11 to 1, filling in for Dion Miller on Peggy and Dion. Looking forward to talking with Peggy on tomorrow's show. Thanks so much for listening to Bleck and Abdallah. You missed anything? Check out the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. The Odds Couple with Carmen DeFalco and Mike North is coming up next. Black and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports.